Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be discussing season four, episode three, Launch Party. In this episode, the Dunder Mifflin website goes live. Angela and Dwight are both coping with their breakup, and the employees of the office commit a crime. This episode's cold open is one of the weaker ones, and I would almost argue that there are two cold opens in this episode, because there is a weird scenario that happens at the very beginning of the main bulk of the episode, so we can go over both of those here. So the first one that we see is all the employees sitting in the conference room and Michael is giving one of his seemingly more normal, more useful right, uh, conferences. And behind him is the TV and what is shown on the TV is the DVD video logo that is bouncing around the screen. So it's a screensaver. Yeah, if you've ever seen this, it's it will just move its way essentially from wall to wall of the screen. It changes colors whenever it hits the wall. And all of the employees are bracing themselves for when the logo hits the corner of the screen exactly. And no one's really focusing on what Michael is saying, but because they're so into it, when it looks like that square is about to go exactly into the corner, but does not because it bounces off one of the walls, people react. There's like groaning or cringing. And so Michael, not seeing what's happening behind him, thinks that the group is reacting to what he's saying. He's talking about making their quarterly sales reports a little bit more exciting with what essentially are emojis, actually. Jim and Pam give some talking heads about this screensaver, with Pam saying she was once in the conference room alone and she actually did see it hit the corner. And so... After much observation, eventually the logo hits the corner and all the office workers celebrate and they get up and they just walk out of the conference room and Michael's just like, all right, yeah, sure, we'll end it here. Let's end while we're ahead. Because again, he thinks that everybody is reacting to the things that he is saying. And cheering him on. And he's so giddy with the cheer he thinks that they cheered because he was just on fire that day yeah so the main part of the episode starts with meredith kind of just moving around the office with her cane and she goes to jim and says hey just wanted to thank you for coming by the hospital to visit me and jim's like yeah no problem i mean we all did so you know it wasn't that big of a deal And Meredith just wants to basically thank Jim specifically and asks him to sign her cast. (laughs) If you'll recall, Meredith broke her pelvic bone. So her cast 
kind of looks like just very bulky underwear. And she asked Jim to sign it where she can read it. And then as he kind of signs it cringingly, she just whispers to him, like, I'll read this later, and then drops her dress. So just super weird. Apparently Meredith has a crush on Jim. She has a crush on most men, though. And I'm not sure if Meredith gets fired for this, if we'll talk about it more in our firings section. Um, it's it's pretty cringy. Right. And so, but like as a whole, this, this scene doesn't really have anything to do with anything else in the episode. And so it is kind of a weird thing that they threw in almost like, like I said, it's almost like this was filmed as a cold open for a different episode. Which it very well could have been. And since they're combining everything, they just threw that in there as kind of a, maybe as kind of a way to say, hey, Meredith's back. Right. The focus of this episode is the launch of the Dunder Mifflin website that was more or less put together by Ryan. Right. And so each of the branches are going to be hosting a launch party that will be broadcast via webcam to the main launch party, which is happening at a club in New York. Michael is very excited for this day because he is heading to New York to go to this party. He really wants Jan to go with him to the party trying to tell her that all her friends will be there. She has to remind Michael that she actually got terminated from this job, so no, not her friends. And Jean ends the conversation by saying if he really wants to go, he can go alone. Then Michael tries to entice Jim and Pam into going, leading them to believe that he's giving them the tickets, quote-unquote, to go, when in actuality, he's saying, amongst the two of you, which one actually wants to come with me to New York? Jim loses out to Pam, as neither of them really want to go, but Pam says the tie has to go to her as the girlfriend. So later, Jim and Michael are heading to New York to attend this party. And Michael is very excited because, not just because he gets to go to New York and seem like he's a big shot at the, you know, kind of the VIP part of this party, but he also gets to see Ryan, and Michael is still very much basking in this glow of the guy that he hired as his temp and who he saw as his protege is now like the big shot of the company. He even goes so far as to buy a book for Ryan. He wanted to buy Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss, a common like graduation type gift. Couldn't find it, so he just got green eggs and ham instead, hoping that there would be like similar nuggets of wisdom in the book. And so Jim is driving and says to Michael, hey, you're going to let me know when I need to, you know, exit or whatever and Michael pulls out the invitation to the party and shows Jim 
And Jim immediately starts to turn around, or he exits to, like, a rest area, it looks like. And Michael's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, that's not an invitation to this party. That's an invitation to the webcam version of the party. It was a club called Chat Room that had a password, and the password is password. So Michael thought they were going to this super exclusive New York City club called Chat Room. Basically what this sounds like in 2020 is like a Zoom happy hour. More or less, yeah. (laughs) Everyone's participating just via webcam. So disappointed, Michael and Jim trudge back to Scranton. Michael throws the Green Eggs and Ham book out the window. And because Michael has to partake in this launch party actually at the Scranton branch, he wants the party to be a little bit better than what Angela was planning for everybody else. One weird thing, though, I that I was thinking about as I was watching this, what tickets did Michael have? Did he like did he have two like of these flyers or like what? That could be because this flyer said for VIPs. And so like when he said like what I I'm just it was I just am curious how he got in his mind that it was him and another person that mm-hmm. was going to get to go to this. Could be a Michael error. Could be a writing continuity error. Maybe. As evidenced by this party, the company is very excited about the launch of Dunder Mifflin Infinity. They send out a press release saying that the website is going to go live that day. And by the end of the day, they expect it to be the best-selling salesman in the company and this kind of strikes a nerve with Dwight of course who is the current best selling salesman in the company. Dwight is so good that he was salesman of the month 13 of the past 12 months because in February he made so many sales that the company gave him two plaques in lieu of a pay raise so Dwight really doesn't know his own worth here. For sure. And this statement gives him an opportunity to kind of do some coping with his breakup with Angela. Dwight is looking a little disheveled. He probably hasn't shaved in a couple days. He's got some stubble growth going. Really probably work is what is keeping him going, especially because he loves Dunder Mifflin so much. So when he hears that Ryan and, by extension, corporate, intend for this website to overtake his crown, so to speak, of best salesman, he sees this as a challenge, but as a way to impress Angela. He's still pining after her. He's still really struggling to understand the abruptness through which Angela wants to be done. And so part of the episode is spent kind of chronicling his attempt to challenge the website for the title of best sales 
person, entity, whatever of Dunder Mifflin. And this affords Jim and Pam the opportunity to play a prank on Dwight. And also Andy, because Andy is Dwight's cheerleader and he's keeping a tally of how many sales Dwight has made and how many sales the computer has made, I believe by ream, so by ream of paper. Andy is kind of building Dwight up in this endeavor and he gets a bear horn from Dwight's car. And in the beginning, every time Dwight was making a sale, Andy was blowing this actually really loud, annoying bear horn to sort of celebrate. Andy is kind of in a weird place here. It's it's yes. kind of like a just... He gets thrown into this situation for pretty much no reason other than to be... Maybe just be an annoying person. I don't know. Like, there's, there's no reason for him to be, like, the tally guy for Dwight. I think, and as we'll see as the episode progresses, I think it's supposed to be set up as... Oh, look, Dwight's going to get an ally in Andy. They've had some relationship struggles in the beginning. Andy sort of calmed down a little bit. They're going to be buds. But then Andy uses that as trying to ask Dwight what he thinks about Angela and using sort of insider ball information to ask out Angela, not knowing that Dwight and Angela were previously as of like a couple weeks ago in a relationship so Jim and Pam decide to prank Dwight by pretending that the computer that this website has come to life they do this by communicating with Dwight via instant messenger and just kind of make weird like robot becoming sentient type statements and just basically reacting to what Dwight is doing because, of course, they can see all of this mm-hmm. and sending it to his, sending their reactions to him via this instant message. Now, Pam initially was a little hesitant to play the prank just because she knew Dwight was going through a hard time. But once Andy started using the bear horn, She sort of changed her tune. Dwight is very concerned by this robot becoming sentient sort of thing. He has obviously seen a lot of the movies, says he knows how to deal with it, but he wasn't going to let this robot win. And he has to actually resort to using some sales leads that he took from his time at Staples, if you'll recall, in season three. Yeah, it's a desperation move, but it appears that it is a desperation move that pays off because in the end, Dwight does outsell the website for the day. And Andy makes a huge pronouncement to the office. Everyone said it couldn't be done, but our own Dwight has beat this computer. Now, Angela was in the conference room when Andy made the announcement. So Dwight kind of has him give a synopsis version of his long-winded congratulations once Angela walks out of the conference room. And Dwight tells her that he did this for her. He took on 
the website and he won for her. Angel is having a really tough time as well. She's grieving her cat. She's grieving the end of her relationship with Dwight and just the abruptness of really probably, you know, everything. And her response is that she didn't ask him to win for her. She didn't ask him to take on this website. And that she is is kind of done. And her way of making that as clear as possible is to then go up to Pam's desk and say, Pam, I would like you to set me up with a man. I am really ready to be in a relationship with a man like making this pronouncement as loud as possible for the office and so that Dwight can overhear this this is not the only issue Angela is dealing with in this episode as the head of the party planning committee she is in charge of getting this launch party together and She is having troubles as usual, some of which are maybe created by her, some of which are created by the help that she has, some of which are created by Michael. And in this episode, Phyllis is really giving her a hard time. Phyllis says that she has found online some tips to deal with difficult people. And so I can't tell if Phyllis is purposefully messing up things in order to utilize some of these tactics. Yes, unfortunately for Phyllis, this is a bad time for Angela, who's already difficult to deal with in the first place. And sad Angela, sad slash angry Angela, is even more difficult to deal with. So Phyllis printed out a banner that was supposed to say launch party, ends up saying lunch party. And Angela is just beyond furious. So the first tip that Phyllis finds is asking the person how something makes them feel. And Angela is a really sarcastic, prickly sort of person. So she takes this opportunity to actually skewer Phyllis some more. Like asking Angela how she feels makes the situation worse because Angela says, I'm angry that I thought that you could do this and that you failed. And I'm angry at myself for thinking that you could do something without messing it up. Later in the episode, Angela comes up to Phyllis saying, hey, I asked you to get assorted cutlery You just got spoons. And this is the thing that makes me think that Phyllis is doing this on purpose because I don't know how anybody could, like, confuse that at all. Yeah. I guess you could buy the wrong box of things, but... Right. Or maybe the store only had spoons or whatever. I don't know. But Phyllis comes back with, hey, I can't... Essentially, I can't answer you when you were speaking to me this way in like this very accusatory, combative tone. And so Angela changes her tone by speaking to Phyllis like she's a child. Yes, and just being just dripping with sarcasm and contempt for Phyllis. 
So that's not really working out for Phyllis. Angela is just having a hard time. Everything that she's trying to do is not going well. Now, granted, she takes the party planning very, very, very seriously. And as we mentioned earlier, Michael thought he was going to this big party in New York actually a chat room party so he comes back and he expects this party to sort of rival what he had built up in his mind that he was going to this this nightclub party he was going to be at so with an hour to go he gives Angela essentially like a list of demands he wants something made of ice and belly dancers and uh, sushi pizza streamers just all this decor. Angela tries her best and she's like, I only have an hour. And Michael really expects this to be done. I'm not sure if the party that ended up happening was more or less what Angela had already been planning or if she was able to pull some of this off. Unfortunately for Angela, Phyllis quit uh, right in the in the thick of crunch time because of Angela's terribleness and she had asked Phyllis to do kind of an unreasonable amount of things and Phyllis ended up getting super frustrated abandoning all the tips she had found on the internet and crumpling up a bunch of post-its and throwing them in Angela's face. It is at this point that Andy kind of swoops in and helps Angela with the party. He asks Angela you know, kind of just what's the matter. And Angela spills everything out and says that she has to do all these things. She has to find something that's made of ice. Her, you know, person quit on her, blah, 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 blah. So Andy kind of takes the initiative and brings something made of ice to the party, which definitely impresses Angela, but not to the point to where she is willing to consider him as a dating partner in this the fact of Andy being interested in Angela feels a little bit like it comes out of nowhere but we know that Andy has been single and looking before if you'll recall in season three he asked Jim okay who are the ladies in the office and that's when Jim sicked Andy on Pam with just bad information. Angela's pronouncement to Pam that she wanted to be set up is kind of the catalyst for Andy's interest. He sees her sort of running about doing a lot of the party planning stuff and he asked Dwight like what do you know about Angela and that really kind of obviously grates at Dwight given they just recently broke up. So with that pronouncement to Angela that she is ready for a relationship with a man, Andy feels that he has the green light to sort of pursue her. And he does this in the most Andy of ways. We see him at the accounting area. Angela is at her desk, but Kevin and Oscar are not at their desk. They are at the party. And Oscar's phone rings. Andy answers it and says, hold on just a second, puts the phone on speaker and does the same thing at Kevin's desk. 
And then he goes into an acapella rendition of Take a Chance on Me by ABBA. And he is accompanied by presumably other members of Here Comes Treble on the other ends of the phone line. Do we know that's the name yet? Didn't he? That's from season three, right? I we believe, talked about yes. Here Comes Trouble. He has talked. Yes, I believe he has said that already. Yeah, and he musically asked Angela to take a chance on him and to go out with him. Now, Angela, like we've said and reiterated, she is a hard and cold woman. She kind of makes him sweat it out. He, she doesn't respond at first. And the other guys on the phone are like, okay, what did she say? What happened? And Andy has to hang up on him. And Because also at this point, they yeah. have a crowd because yeah. the rest of the office has gathered to see this as well. It's very true. Nothing is private uh, in this office. So Angela, she kind of likes to make people sweat. She does not give him an answer. She says she has to clean up from the party. But as she's walking away, she has this smile. The only time we really see Angela smile is kind of in secret. So she is pleased. She likes the attention. And she is sort of bowled over that he helped her find this ice sculpture of like two swans kissing and that he made this big musical spectacle to ask her out. As we said, Michael wants this party to be this huge deal and to have it feel like he wants it to he essentially wants it to rival the one that's in New York. He even says he wants people to look at that to look at their party and be like, "Oh, that one that one's looks cooler and better than the one that we're at." And he starts kind of setting up this party by getting food for the party. And so he is ordering pizza and he announces to the office that he is getting pizza from their favorite pizza place, Alfredo's. Now, this is a point of confusion for people in the office. And I have to imagine for people that visit the Scranton area. Yeah. Because there are two pizza places in Scranton that have Alfredo in the name. One is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, and the other is Pizza by Alfredo's. And if you ask the members of the office, one place is significantly better than the other place. Kevin describes... Pizza by Alfredo, the worst place, as a hot circle of garbage. So there apparently is a very wide gulf in these two kinds of pizza. Unfortunately for everyone, Michael has forgotten this distinction despite being a lifelong resident of Scranton and has ordered from the bad place, from Pizza by Alfredo. He ordered eight pizzas, and when it's delivered, he tells the pizza delivery boy, the young teen, that he has a coupon for half off, and so he is only going to pay about 30 bucks for the eight pizzas. The delivery kid is 
being pretty surly about this and saying that he doesn't care what the guy, like what he said to whomever on the phone, that this coupon does not apply. It only applies to pizzas, to orders of two pizzas. Right. You can't use it on more than two. Right. And so this kid is sticking fast to the fact that this is going to be $64-ish worth of pizza. And Michael is refusing to pay that amount. And so it is here that we kind of continue to see Michael's reaction to being left out of the VIP party in New York. Michael hates being left out of things. He hates not being included and he hates feeling lonely or that he's not in the thick of things. So this just, all these feelings are just churning within him. And plus, he wants Ryan to like him as much as he likes and admires and wants to be around Ryan. So just perfect storm of emotions. He's angry about the pizza, angry they won't take the coupon. So he has Dwight lock the pizza delivery boy in the conference room, saying that he refuses to pay, refuses to release the pizza boy until the coupon is honored. For me, this storyline went on like too long. Yeah, they add in a lot of scenes of like the, some of the office workers like, looking up how like what an accomplice to a kidnapping is and things like that and what kind of trouble they could be in and there's another scene of jim going into michael's office and be like hey you gotta let this kid go and michael is just being very steadfast and saying no he's not going to and he calls up pizza by alfredo's and is talking to whomever is on the other side of the line and saying hey we aren't going to let this kid go until you honor this coupon and hey you're gonna have to throw in some pizza some extra pizzas for our trouble which Jim points out is a ransom and a list of demands right there's also a scene of Dwight sort of being his captor and trying to scare him and act like he's going to hurt him like Dwight takes being the captor very seriously And so this, yeah, just sort of like extends on and eventually a couple things happen. Eventually, pizza is ordered from Alfredo's Pizza Cafe since they can't actually eat the bad pizza because it's not paid for. Jim and Pam sneak away up to the roof and kind of away from the whole kidnapping mess. And the pizza delivery boy tells the webcam like just says into the webcam that he's being held against his will and that he's a minor this prompts a call from ryan to michael being like what's happening here especially because michael was being really snarky about ryan in his introduction michael essentially hangs up on ryan and then freaks out like kind of having this moment of snapping to reality and thinking like what did I do here so Michael really absconds from all responsibility 
makes Dwight pay for these pizza pizzas and releases the delivery boy. After the party, Michael is still kind of wallowing in not being able to go to New York to take part in the the real party. He is kind of saying all these things to Dwight and then just decides, you know what? I'm still going to have that. And he and Dwight drive to New York and they go to the club where this party was happening and it's over. Everybody's kind of cleaning up and they're eating like the leftover sushi that's yes. sitting out on the table. Which, how did they know where to go? Don't know. It's just one of those weird things that I think probably was supposed to be like a deleted scene because they steal a platter of sushi. They're sitting on the hood of Dwight's car, just sort of weirdly riffing, like making fun of Ryan, like as himself. And it's, it's very long. And then in the end, they finish their sushi and they're like, okay, let's drive back to Granton. And that's how the episode ends. So yeah, it's, it, this episode definitely has kind of the clunkiness that we have seen Mm -hmm. in previous episodes because of the writer's strike and them kind of piecing together things that were already shot into what they tried to make into a cohesive episode. Right. And one stray observation is that Daryl makes an appearance. He is there to deliver a ream of paper to Kelly, who really enjoys the fact that if you put a ream into the online shopping cart on the website, it like makes a sound, a sound effect, and says, thank you for shopping at Dunder Mifflin. So she's buying just paper by the ream. And Daryl's delivering it to her upstairs. And there's a little bit of a spark there between Kelly and Daryl. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette to find out any fun facts about this episode. Not really any. So just a note, Toby doesn't appear in this episode at all. I don't know if it's just because Paul Lieberstein doesn't really enjoy being on camera or what, but I thought that was kind of odd. And then in the scene in which Meredith is asking Jim to sign her cast, John Krasinski signs his real name. He doesn't sign like Jim Halpert. Curtis, do you have any firings? Yeah, we lose Michael for kidnapping a kid in this episode. I don't think Meredith, I don't think Meredith gets fired. It's just kind of a, I don't know, a weird thing. Okay. Uh, It is Michael's second firing of this season and his 28th overall. What about Dwight? I think he gets fired for, like, threatening the pizza delivery boy. Sure. If anybody was an accomplice to the kidnapping, it was Dwight. So, yeah, we can do that. So that's Dwight's first firing of this season. It's his seventh overall. Do you have a Dundee to give out? Yes, the Dundee for the most formal way to break up goes to Angela. She tells the camera in a one-on-one, how do you tell someone it's over? You send them a notarized letter. But what do you do if the recipient is your notary? And so she, instead of sending a notarized letter because Dwight's her notary, she makes the pronouncement, 
to Pam about being ready to be set up. What is your Dundee? I have a couple. They all have to do with pizza. Uh, The Creativity Award goes to the owners of Pizza by Alfredo and Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. I don't know if they were founded around the same time, but I don't see, like, whoever was second, you have to figure was would want to choose a name to, like, separate themselves from the other place. Mm-hmm. So things like this do not happen. And so, yeah, uh, it's just weird that there are two places in Scranton with very similar names. Agree. The really good deal, Dundee, goes to Al- Pizza by Alfredo's because... Michael got eight pizzas for what should have been $64. So that's $8 per large pizza, yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's really good. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Typically, that'd be double. Yeah. Like 16 for a large, really. Right. And so during the episode, the question is raised by Michael, would you rather have a medium amount of really good pizza or all you can eat of just kind of good pizza and everybody responds with the first one and i would argue that the second one's the better choice i don't know like if if the pizza is is as bad as kevin says (laughs) then yeah no i don't want to eat a hot circle of garbage but if it's pizzas in my mind pizza's pizza most of the time. And it's kind of this dilemma that we run into whenever we want to get pizza is we would really like to try and support local pizza places. They generally have better pizza anyway, but it's like, like you said, it's like $16, $17 for a large pizza. Now, if we were to order from, say, Papa John's or Pizza Hut, where it's only like seven dollars for a large, have a coupon. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a better deal. It's hard to justify paying double the amount for marginally better pizza. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it, there's a there's not a huge difference most of the time between them all. Like the level of grease and how much it like hurts your stomach might be the difference. Yeah. I have one more Dundee. Okay, so do I. Oh, but go okay. ahead. No, 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 you can go. Okay. Uh, the Pizza Hogs go to Jim, Jim and, and Pam. Pam. It's a real dick move to just be like, hey, I'm going to go take a whole pizza yeah, and for bring people. for two people and take it up to the, to the roof. You know what two people uh, could finish a large pizza, though? Us. We yeah. do it all the time. Fatty friends. <laughs> My other Dundee that I'm thinking of is oddest fad of the 2000s, and those are website launch parties. Because you have to think that those are sort of lame parties, but those happen. Like, these were real things in the 2000s. Was this big celebration at a club or what or what have you, something similar, restaurant, whatever, just so that they could push the, like, go live button from the web developer. Yeah, it was it was essentially like a here's this technology that we have now, we're going to use it 
any way that we can. This is in the time before the GFR, the Global Financial Recession, of in the time of opulence, if you will, when corporate budgets included space for parties and launch parties and, you know, miscellaneous budgets and things like that. That's the first stuff that got cut in the financial crisis. Right. Who is your employee of the month? I chose Dwight since he beat the website and he really had to do a lot of salesmanship in order to do so. What about you? I chose Andy just because he gets involved, like he is allowed to be involved in Dwight's uh, attempt to conquer the website and he makes a good impression on Angela. Yeah, this is good Andy, I would say. We're past the season three over the top and we're not yet to later seasons like crazy. Yeah. Curtis, so you and I have been doing this podcast for about a year now. Yes, this would be, we started on, I believe, August 5th of last year. And so this would be our officially year of podcasting. Yeah. I, so, you know, thanks for sticking with us. This has not been the greatest year for Curtis and myself. So sometimes just having this podcast is something fun for us to do. For sure. And we presumably have like four more years, years of this. Left, so right. hopefully we stick with it, but we mostly hope that you stick with it as well. Exactly. So on that note, we thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And continue listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, comment, and follow wherever you can in order to help get our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.